0: And welcome to our church at home service. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to this message, to click on the link, to be here in a sense with us today. I trust that you will be encouraged as we spend time together in the word of God. For those of us here in South Africa, perhaps like me, you're experiencing, it's almost like our lives are beginning to reboot a little bit after lockdown I know many of us have been working really hard all the way through lockdown, specifically our, our medical practitioners. We want to honor you and thank you for the incredible way that you've continued to serve this nation. Many others of us, we continue continued to work hard, some at home, some going to the office daily. But for many of us, a large part of our country during the time of lockdown, things definitely changed and slowed down from a work point of view. For those of us who are parents, school has changed and the way we take our kids to school and the way in which our kids relate to school and homework and friends and all of those things, they've changed. But I love that our lives, in a sense, are beginning to reboot. It's perhaps a a little bit like a computer that went through that reset function and perhaps it's a little bit even more that as the computer is rebooting, that screen flashes up which says Windows is installing updates. You know how that happens at the most inappropriate time. Windows is installing updates, and now we just have to wait. But as Windows is installing updates, it's probably not that we're just moving to a a new version of the current Windows, just a minor update. As our lives are rebooting, we're going to a whole new operating system. Things are drastically different. The button that used to be super accessible in the bottom left there suddenly has moved, and Maybe it's going to take us a bit of time to find it, to relocate it, to become used to what we would call the new normal. And so as our lives reboot, even church is beginning to reboot. I love that we get to meet like this every week virtually, but I love even more that as from next week, we will be able to have live services again. You can follow our social media for all of that information. Don't worry for those of you who are not yet able or not quite in a, in a space that you'll be able to join us on Sunday evenings. It will only be Sunday evening services for now. We will still continue to do the live streaming of the services as well as the pre-recorded service. So you won't miss out on anything. But for those who are hungry for fellowship, to worship together, to enter together into the presence of the Lord, we will be adding that to our ministry in the coming week again. And I am so excited. So I want to just invite you, join us next Sunday evening at six o'clock for our live service in person. It is going to be precious. And as church is rebooting, as life is rebooting, as we are starting up again with this new operating system, I'm challenged. I, I find myself convicted by this simple question. Do I really believe? Do I believe? And not only do I believe, what do I believe? And so, before we continue, can I ask that we bow our heads together and pray, and then we will read together from Scripture. Lord Jesus, today we are so thankful for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for technology. Thank you that we are able to receive your word, that we are able to spend time together in your word. And so, Lord, we bring our hearts before you, we bring our minds before you, and we pray that you would cause the light of your word to shine upon our lives. We want to hear your voice today, Holy Spirit. And so we ask, would you come and speak with us and speak to us? Would you remove every other voice, every obstacle, every distraction right now in Jesus' name and allow us to hear your voice? We want to be drawn in by you, Lord. God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, even right now, would just again have an awareness of your incredible love toward us. And that as we grow in the knowledge of your love, that we would know that we are children of the living God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like us to turn, if you have a Bible, it'll be on the screen as well, but if you have your Bible with you, don't you want to turn with me to the book of First Corinthians chapter 1? Last week, Andres van Omerve, who is our pastor from Hermanus, he shared in our church at home service, he shared with us just a little bit about our being different because of our passion for Jesus. That it is okay to be different, and even more so, it is right for you and me as believers to be different, to be truly passionate for Jesus. I want to carry on in that same theme and read for us from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. The message of the cross is foolish. And so I wonder today how much you believe, how much I believe. and Do I believe? Do you believe? What is it? That we believe? Do I really believe the gospel? Do I really believe the word of God? Do I believe the words written in this Bible? What is this message of the cross? Do I really believe that mankind, every one of us, are born in sin? That we need to be saved from this sin, the sin that results in eternal death and separation from a living God. Do I believe that the Creator God of heaven and earth who is a loving, benevolent, gracious God would send His only Son to die, to carry the punishment for my sin, for your sin, for our sin so that we may be reconciled to God? Do I really believe that? Do I believe that the blood of Jesus is sufficient to wash away the sin of the whole world? Do I believe that this Jesus, this one who crucified, who died, was raised from the dead. That he defeated the power of death so that you and I can live with God for eternity. Do I really believe this message of the cross, which is foolishness to those who are perishing? And I'm challenged by that. I'm challenged by do I really Believe? Do I believe that the gospel is enough? Do I believe that Jesus is the best thing, if you'd excuse the wording, that could ever happen to anybody? That a relationship with Jesus is right at the center of everything that human life on this earth is about? Do I believe that? Do I believe that knowing Jesus is enough? Those songs we sang just a moment ago in the time of worship, do I believe those words? To be true? Do I believe that Jesus heals, that he restores, that he makes whole? Do I believe that for eternity we will spend our prayer in His presence? We will spend our lives in His presence. Do we believe that? C. S. Lewis, the great Christian philosopher, said it so beautifully when he said, Christianity, if false. Is of no importance. This message of the cross, if it is false, it, it really makes no difference to anybody. But if true, of infinite importance, the only thing it cannot be is moderately important. You see, this message of the cross, if it is really true, does it change everything? if God is who he says he is, if the message of the gospel, the message that we read in scripture, if it is true and we believe it and I believe it to be true, surely that changes everything. And then I'm challenged by the fact that somebody like Stephen, the first Christian martyr, he believed it. Paul, the apostle, believed it. That every one of the early followers of Jesus, specifically the 11 disciples, who the, the, we call apostles today, gave their lives for the message of the cross because they believed it. They were willing to die for it. I don't think they would have been willing to die for it if they himself had lived it, if they believed it was a lie. They believed. They had seen it. They had seen the resurrected Christ. Thomas, who at one stage we, we read about him as being an unbelieving believer. He doubted. He says, unless I put my fingers in the wounds, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus appears to him and Jesus says, Thomas, come here, bring your fingers. Put your fingers in my wounds. And then Jesus says, Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Sometimes, as Christians, I think we are unbelieving believers. We forget the reality, the truth, even the magnitude of the gospel, how true it really is. And so, as our lives, begin to reboot as we start a new normal, we figure out what life post-COVID is going to look like? I'm challenged and I want to extend in a sense this challenge to you. What would my life look like if my life really reflected belief? What would your life look like if you really believed that the gospel was enough, that the gospel was sufficient, that the gospel was more than enough? if I really believed in the redemption of sin, what would my life look like if I really believed that the ends of the earth, the nations, have to hear the gospel? What would my life look like if I really believed my neighbor, my colleague, has to hear the gospel? This foolishness to the world, but to you and to me, the power of the living God, this message of the cross. What would my life look like if the message of the cross was truly of infinite importance. If it was more important than my reputation and my bank balance, if it was more important than even my career and my hopes for this life, if I truly believed in the gospel, the eternal message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite us this morning to read a passage from Matthew, a passage which speaks to us about not only the message of the cross, but our embracing of the message of the cross. The Bible speaks about the kingdom of God. For those of us who have entered into the kingdom where Jesus is now the king, what does that kingdom look like? We see here in Matthew chapter 13 from verse 44 in the New Living Translation, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. I wonder what my life would look like, what our lives, what our church community would look like if we truly embraced this, if we said, Jesus You and your kingdom, the pursuit of your kingdom, really is of utmost importance. Or, in the words of of C.S. Lewis, infinite importance. Many of us would would know Matthew chapter 6, we probably quote it often. Do not worry what you will eat, what you will drink. After these things that unbelievers think. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all. All of these things will be added to you. I wonder what our lives would look like if we were to say, Jesus, post-lockdown in this rebooted life, as my life is restarting, I want to make that central, Jesus. Jesus, I want to trust that you will add all of these things. I'm going to make you, the pursuit of your kingdom, the number one priority for my life. In the words of Joshua, as for me and my house We will serve the Lord. That will be our number one priority, Jesus, is to pursue your kingdom. And Jesus, as we do that, we are going to be believing believers. We will trust that you will add all of these other things. So let us continue to look to Jesus, to hold on to Jesus, to say, Jesus, as my life reboots, as post-COVID continues as lockdown eases up and we enter into, we establish a new normal. Jesus, I want to put you at the center, the knowing of you at the very center of that new normal. In First Corinthians, we read the bit now. I want to continue. We read verse 18. I'll read it again. And I want to read the rest of this passage to give us some context as to what the Apostle Paul is trying to hold before us. The message of the cross is foolish, to those who are headed for destruction. It is foolish, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. We know it is the power of God. Let us live it. Let us hold on to it. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God, in His wisdom, saw to it that the world would never know Him through human wisdom, He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask signs from heaven, to those who are religious, who are looking for God to move powerfully, the sign that will answer. It's foolish to them, this preaching that we bring even this foolishness of this preaching that I'm bringing today, it is foolishness to them. It is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom, intelligence, who want to debate it out and come to a rational answer only by human intellect. And so when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews, the religious crowd, they are offended, and the Gentiles, the intellectual crowd, they say it's all nonsense but do you believe it do i believe it would we be willing to be fools for the sake of christ and then verse 24 he continues but to those who are called by god to salvation both jews and gentiles in other words religious people and intellectuals who have been drawn into the grace of god christ is the power of god and the wisdom of god This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all. And used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and He freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. And so, what if we embrace this presence of God to which He has called us? Whether in prayer meetings, what if we said, Jesus, we want to see your kingdom come above all else on Monday evening? We have our Monday night's prayer. And throughout September, we're going to pray every Monday night. This first Monday night, First Monday prayer, I want to invite you to fast with us and pray with us. Come to the venue and be there to pray. What if we say, Jesus, I really believe that my prayer changes things. I believe that you hear my prayer. I believe that our coming together and our praying draws somebody out of darkness and into light. It takes them from this place of the Jews and the Gentiles who do not know life. And it helps them to see and embrace the foolishness of God which is wiser than the wisdom of men. That God, my prayer, God, my small group, my coming together, my sharing my life, my praying with one another, God, that has value. God, I'm going to make that central to who I am. God, your word, my study of your word. God, I believe that your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. And so, Jesus, I will hold on to your word. I will study your word. I will read your word. I will believe your word, God. And in post-lockdown reboot, I will make that central because I'm a believer. I am a believer. I am willing to be as Paul, as he speaks about the apostles just a little bit later in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 10, and he says, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. Our dedication to Christ, it makes us look like fools. I hope and I pray that that is something which will be said of me, of us, of our church, our dedication to Christ, that we will be so dedicated to Christ that the world would think that we are foolish. But at the same time, that we will know The gospel matters. We will know that the message of the cross is the power of God and to salvation for all who believe. That we will boldly proclaim it. We will live it. We will pray it. We will give towards it of our time, of our resource. That no matter the cost, we will live to see the kingdom of God first and foremost above everything else. Because our lives here on this earth are for a short and appointed time. We want to maximize that for the kingdom of the living God where we will be living in eternity. And so I'd love to ask you to pray with me. Perhaps you're new to the faith. Perhaps you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Perhaps you have not come to know Christ yet. I want to invite you to pray with us too. Maybe you're an old believer. Don't you want to pray with me again as we rededicate our lives to seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and trusting that all of these other things, will be added. Can we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you as we prayed right at the beginning for the power of your word. Thank you for the gift of your spirit which right now is working in our hearts, drawing us to you, Lord Jesus. God, we repent for all of the times we have put other things above your kingdom. Lord. We have Believe the lie that there is something better than you, Jesus. Something more important than your kingdom and your ways. And so right now, Jesus, we thank you just for an ability to turn back to you. To fix our eyes upon you, Jesus. To follow hard after you. Father, we bring our careers, Lord. We bring our families. We bring our finances. We bring our relationships. We bring every fiber of who we are. And we say, Jesus, may it be for your glory, Lord God. May your kingdom be established in everything we do, Lord God, in our workplace, Lord Jesus. In our communities, everywhere we go, God, we want to commit ourselves to seeking first your kingdom. God, we want to rediscover the kingdom which makes us sell everything we have to buy that treasure, to buy the field that has the treasure in it, because it's worth it, Lord. God, we believe that the gospel matters, Preaching the gospel matters. It's foolishness to the world, but it matters, Lord. It is the power of God unto salvation. And we pray for grace that we may preach it effectively, that we may preach it well, God, that we may preach it accurately, that we may preach it with power so that people's faith may be in you and not in man. I pray for every person, Lord, who's praying with us for the first time this morning. I pray that they may truly come to know you, Jesus that they may grow in the love that you have for them, the power of your love towards them, Lord, that you would draw them closer and closer into the warmth of your embrace, God. Holy Spirit, as a church, as we reboot, would you lead us to reboot in a way that always sets you first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for your time this morning, for listening for sharing with us, for allowing the word to speak to you. If this is your first time dialing into our message or the first time praying a prayer to follow Jesus, we would love to get to know you. You can go to the bottom of this message in the description. There is a link that you can click on where you can share a prayer request with us, where you can give us your details. And we would love to contact you during the week to pray with you, to find you, to get to know you just a little bit better. God bless you. May you have an incredible week. And For those who are able to join us for our live service next week, do do so. We would love to have you there. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.